Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, good. Hey, sweetie. My daughter, my two-year-old is, is my amen corner, so you might hear some amens coming from here. Good morning and happy new year to everybody. Happy new year, Farmington Hills. Happy new years to everyone tuning in online this morning. So glad that you're able to be with us. Excited to dive into God's word together today. We're going to be talking about reflection. We're going to be looking back and looking at God's faithfulness and how he has blessed us and sustained us, and hopefully that fuels us as we head into 2023. Uh, let's go, before we do that, uh, let's go before our, our King in prayer. Father God, we come to you in your mighty son's Jesus' name. God, we thank you for your, your word. I pray that you would speak to us this morning. I pray that you would move me out of the way. I pray that I would decrease and that you would increase and be made much of in the lives of your people. God, illumine this text, bring it to life. God, encourage us where we need to be encouraged. Challenge us where we need to be challenged. We love you and we thank you for giving us your word, God. It's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In a recent poll, it was discovered that 30% of people have lost their wallet or purse. Anybody in that crowd, you've lost that wallet or purse. Don't be afraid, especially if you're out in public. Ugh, that's tough. You're in the airport, you lose that passport or that wallet or that purse. Uh, also, it was discovered 17% of people have lost their keys at some point. That also can sting. Pastor Sean over at Farmington is laughing at me right now because I always lose my keys and he always has to help me get in my office. 16% uh, of people have lost their cell phone. And can you imagine life without a cell phone? Oh my God, it feels like you've lost a limb when you don't have that cell phone. Anybody been there, you lost that cell phone. 16% of people have done that. 3% of people have lost a piece of jewelry of some kind. That's a little scary when you lose that piece of jewelry. 2% uh, of people have lost a pet. Just where's Fido? The dog is just gone. And then this one, this one's, brace yourself for this one. 6% of people have misplaced their son or daughter. Now, if that's you, you don't have to raise your hand. I don't want to put you on the spot. But it happens, right? It happens. Here's what we know. We forget things. We forget things. We forget little things. We forget important things. Some of you are probably nudging your spouse like, yeah, you forget things. <laughs> but forgetfulness can be costly. It can be costly. Forgetfulness can cost you time. Forgetfulness can cost you resources. Forgetfulness can cost you even peace of mind. A man by the name of Robert Robertson grew up with a, with a very challenging upbringing. He had, a, he had a difficult upbringing. His father passed away when he was eight years old. As a teenager, he had to become the breadwinner of the family, so he started working as a teenager to provide for his family. But he followed around an evangelist by the name of George Whitfield, and he began to grow in his relationship with the Lord, and he came to Christ as a teenager and eventually accepted a call to ministry. So Robert Robertson accepted Christ, became a minister, but he couldn't quite get satisfied. He started off as an ordained Baptist minister, so he was ordained in the Baptist church, 
that didn't quite fit right. So he eventually became ordained in the Methodist church. And then he became ordained as a non-denominational pastor. And he still couldn't quite get satisfied. But according to all the metrics by which people judge churches, it looked like he was doing okay. His church was large. They were doing well financially, but his soul was deteriorating behind the scenes. He, he wasn't doing so well. He was losing his faith in God. And eventually, Robert Robertson walked away from the faith altogether and quit his ministry altogether. Then one day, he found himself on a stagecoach, and a young lady began to sing a song. She began to sing this song. I'm sure many of you know this song. She began to sing these lyrics. She says, Come thou found tough, every blessing to my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mountain fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. And then the song says this, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. And after the, young lady, after the young lady had finished singing this song, she looked at Robert Robertson and said, what do you think about that song, sir? What do you think about that song? And this is how Robert replied. He said, Madam, I am the unhappy man who wrote that hymn many years ago. And I would give a thousand worlds if I had them, if I could feel now as I felt then. His passion was gone. This once worshipful man had seen his joy just dry up. The great blues musician B.B. King says the thrill is gone. The thrill was gone. His passion was gone. And who knows why? Right? Things happen. Events in life happen. Life begins to catch up with you, and one day you just wake up and you don't feel it, and a few of those days string together, and in a room this size, maybe somebody is there this morning, you just just don't feel it today. But when we find ourselves in such a place, God calls us to put our memory to work. He, he He tells us to go back to those moments that opened our hearts in the first place and replay those highlights, replay those moments that drew us to him to begin with. If you're a Lions fan, you know what I mean. Sometimes you have to just, sometimes you just have to go back and watch some Barry Sanders highlights and like, yeah, that's, that's why I'm wearing this jersey today. Just kidding, they're doing well. The Lions are doing all right. But here's what we know. A reflecting mind produces a worshiping heart But a forgetful mind can forget that it has anything to worship. A reflecting mind produces a worshiping heart, but a forgetful mind can forget that it even has a reason to worship. And God knows that his people are prone to wonder. Uh, He knows that we forget things, and he offers wisdom for us to find our way back. As we come to our text, we see God calling his people to mark a moment, to to mark 
an event in their memory. In the book of Joshua, we see God leading Israel into the promised land. But before they can enter the promised land, they have to cross the Jordan River. And the Jordan River is no small river. This, this river is said to have been 200 miles long, and it flowed from the north down into the south into the Dead Sea. And I just want to share what one scholar said about the Jordan River. This was no small puddle that they had to cross before they can enter into the promised land. It says, uh, this one scholar says, the, the word Jordan means one who descends. The Jordan River began in the mountains and descended downward into the Dead Sea. The river itself serves as a picture of sin, death, and its effects on mankind. The river begins in the mountains in the presence of God and descends gradually and inevitably into death represented by the Dead Sea. It is the river of sin that stood between Israel and the promised land. But what looked like an obstacle was actually an opportunity. What looked like an obstacle was actually an opportunity for God to display his power and his might in the lives of his people. I just want to read Joshua chapter 3. Verses 7 and 8. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. This must have been terrifying. The Jordan River not only flowed down from the mountains and it had this strong current, but it was one of the fastest flowing rivers in the world, and it still is. But they had to take this step of faith and dip their toe in that Jordan. And God was about to display his, his power in their lives. And, and God's people had been here before. They had been here before. When they were uh, escaping from Egypt, they had to go through the Red Sea. And God had done this before. And what God was essentially saying to Joshua, I've done this before. And I will do this again. I am with you. And right on cue, just as he did with a prior generation, God stops the flow of the Jordan River. And the people walk through on dry ground. God stops the fastest flowing river, which represents the power and flow of sin and death. And in doing so, he points to a day when he will send his son, Jesus, to stop the power of sin and death. Jesus would one day be baptized in the same Jordan River. And baptism is a picture of God's people moving from, 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 from death to life. And Israel crossing the Jordan River is a picture of God's people moving from death to life. Friends, this is not the kind of thing that you want to forget. When God does something like this, you need to mark that moment. This is the kind of thing that you want to forget. If this was the social media age, this is the type of thing you want to post and tweet and share with all of your friends and pass along. This isn't the type of thing you want to keep to yourself. When God protects, when God provides, when God blesses, we are to mark these moments as reminders of God's faithfulness because we will face a Jordan River again. We will face a Red Sea again. We will face a giant again. And sometimes we need those precious memories to remind us of who God is and who he has been in our lives. 
You need that highlight reel to play. Because if you don't play that highlight reel of God's faithfulness, the enemy has a highlight reel that he's going to want to play. He's going to want to play your failures. He's going to want to replay your shortcomings. Or he may want to even replay things that you think you did in your own strength and now you think you got to where you are now by yourself. And now God has to remind you that no, if it wasn't for the grace of God, you wouldn't be where you are today. It was my grace that was with you. Do you not remember? Do you not remember? It wasn't you. It was, it was my grace. So God called Israel to mark this moment. Joshua chapter 4 explains this. It says, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. Just so there is no confusion as to where these stones came from or who, bought, who brought you through this Jordan River, as the ground is dry, God is telling them to pick up some of these large stones to, to mark this moment and to build a memorial. As you walk through it, in other words, God is telling them to take some souvenirs with you so you can remember what I did on this day. And the passage continues. It says, so Joshua called together the 12 men that, had been, had, that he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, go over and before the ark of the Lord, your God, in the, in the, into the middle of the Jordan, each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder. This must have been a, a large stone. These must have been big stones. They're, they're to take them on their shoulders according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you in the future this is important, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean, tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So why take these stones and build a memorial? Why make this grand gesture? Well, it's not just for you. It's for future generations. In other words, these stones are to be a conversation starter with you and your children and your grandchildren. And the big idea is this. Your story isn't just for you. Your story, what God has done, where he's brought you from or what he's brought you through, your story isn't just for you. Though there's wisdom of sharing the right things in the right spaces and not sharing everything with everyone and all of that, at the end of the, of the day, though, your story isn't just for you. Your trials aren't just for you. This is how we pass on a legacy of faith, friends, to our children and the other people that God has placed in our scope of influence. We recall the stories of God's faithfulness and we pass those along. We recall the stories of God's faithfulness and pass them along. Your children will need these stories. Your grandchildren will need these stories. Descendants that you may never meet and never see will need these stories. I, I have stories from, from, from some of my ancestors that I am so grateful for. One of my ancestors by the name of Joseph Harris freed his wife and all of his children out of slavery in 1843. 
This is before the Civil War. He literally worked and paid for his wife's emancipation. He would drive back and forth from the Memphis area up to Goochland, Virginia, and he would, uh, one by one, he emancipated each and every one of his, his family members until he got every child and, and his wife. He did this through his, his stagecoach business. That, that family would eventually migrate to Memphis, and they started a church, Grace Creek Baptist Church. It was one of the first African-American Baptist churches in the Memphis area, and, and, they, and they did this. And two centuries later, those stories bless me. Those stories bless me tremendously. I've, I've never met Joseph Harris. I've never met the Grays from that era. But the stories that passed along bless me today in 2023. So, so why did God ask Israel to mark these stones? Joshua 4 says, he did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. And so that you might always fear the Lord, your God. Your story it's not just for you. So, what's your story? What, what's God done in your life? What are some moments that you can mark? Some people have asked about the stones in the lobby. Like, what are those stones? And you guys have stones in the lobby at Farmington Hills as well. Just want to give you guys an exercise. As we cross over from 2022 into 2023, I want to leave you with a little exercise. You can do this as an individual. You can do this as a household. As you leave today, there will be stones in the lobby, and I just ask you to take one and use it to mark some moments from last year of God's faithfulness to you and what he did in your life individually or as a family in 2022. This would be a good exercise to do, like I said, alone or as a family. So answer questions like this. What did God do in 2022? How did he take care of me in 2022? How did he defend me or protect me in 2022? How did he put a smile on my face in 2022? How did he sustain me? How did, uh, who did he work through in 2022? Uh, what did he work through? Just think about that as you work on this, on this exercise. And as I began to work, I've already started to work on this one with our family. As I began to work on it, it really led me to worship as I began to reflect on some things, some things that I had forgotten that God did in 2022. I began to think about the fact that, and I wrote this on, there, on here, uh, Ashley's father went into remission. He, we, we ended 2021 with her father stage four cancer, and then in 2022, his cancer went into remission. I'm like, oh, man, I kind of, that kind of pushed back in my mind, but that's something that leads me to worship as I think about it. I, I discovered a family member that I didn't know that I had in 2022. That, that leads me to worship. I, I think back to things like friends that hosted us at their houses and uh, little get-togethers that I had that put a smile on my face and breathed life into me. And as I look back, I'm like, man, God really did keep me and sustain me throughout that year. And just imagine six months from now, you know, you, you, you're looking back, and imagine looking back six months from now at something God did in 2022, and that pushes you through in 2023. So just want to encourage you with that. I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to continue in worship. Uh, Father God, we come to you in your mighty son's Jesus' name. God, thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness to us. God, I pray that you would just continue to bless our time of worship as we reflect on you and what you've done. It's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.